and we're Kerber's Kids. The Kids Talk, your monthly graphic novel review. Kids and welcome back and thanks for listening. As we enter into 2022, we're going to try some new twists on an old theme. So with that spirit, I'm going to go about reviewing Astro Boy and Battle Angel Alita. Now, these were the last two manga month selections for Kirby's Kids. However, we have not done individual reviews of these two works. This provided a fantastic opportunity to actually combine the two into a singular review, but not in your standard review of going through all of the story arcs and reviewing in depth all of the art. Rather, what I'd like to do in this one with Astro Boy and Battle Angel Alita is a comparison and a contrast honing in on the central themes of both these groundbreaking works and bring in our namesake Jack Kirby because he is very much linked to these two works based on his creation of Machine Man, which was our Kudos Kirby 2021 character and series that we reviewed in depth month to month, and we Hope you enjoyed that series. Astro Boy, Volume 1 and 2, is what we read as our selection for Manga Month back in September of 2020. It was written by Asomo Tezuka and art by Tezuka. Astro Boy was the first manga series to be adapted to animation and became a worldwide phenomenon, making Astro Boy the Mickey Mouse of anime, a jet-powered, super-strong, evil robot-bashing, alien invasion-smashing Mickey Mouse. He was exciting, whimsical, and touching. Astro Boy harkens back to the classic era of comics and animation, featuring stories readers young and old tend to enjoy. This special edition combined the first two volumes of the collected Astro Boy. These stories ranged from 1951 to 1975, and many were published in the 1960s in Shonen Magazine. This volume was put together by Dark Horse, and specifically under their manga imprint. Now, Battle Angel Alita was our September 2021 Manga Month graphic novel selection. That was written by Yukito Kishiro, 
art by Yukito Kishiro and dealt with a Japanese cyberpunk manga series and originally published in Shueisha Business Jump magazine from 1990 to 1995. The second of the comic's nine volumes was adapted in 1993 into a two-part anime original video animation titled Battle Angel for North American release by ADV Films and the UK and Australian release by Manga Entertainment. Manga Entertainment also dubbed Battle Angel Alita into English. A live-action film adaptation titled Alita Battle Angel was released on February 14th, 2019. Now, this volume was done by Kondasha Comics and published in 2017. I have viewed that Robert Rodriguez film, and we'll delve into some of that here as we continue our review. Now, the major themes that both of these graphic novels have in common, and there are some very obvious parallels between Alita and Astro Boy. Both are replacements for a dead child. Both fight for robot rights. Both have these big old eyes, in which Tezuka is often credited as the inventor of the giant anime eyes, these manga eyes. He in turn, meaning Tezuka, was inspired by Walt Disney and the giant eyes of his silly symphony characters that Walt had done. Now, both creations are from singular writer-artists in both Tezuka and in Kishiro. Well, no better time than to transition into our Kirby Colonel, a little kernel of knowledge about our namesake, Jack. Hey, Wilford, fire up the tractor. Time to harvest another Kirby Colonel. Must obey. X-51, listen to me. You don't have to obey that device inside you. You're more than a machine. No. I will not. I am more than machine. I'm sorry, X-51. You're a good man. One I'd be proud to have on my team. You could be a great help to our cause, X-51. I wish to find my own path in life. I, too, am a rebel, a refugee. Until there is freedom for all sentient beings, perhaps my path does lie. In today's Kirby Colonel, we are focusing in on Machine Man. And Machine Man is Kirby's Astro Boy tale. And, by relation then, also his Battle Angel Alita. Dan Greenfield has a fantastic site. 13th Dimension, the top 13 issues of Jack Kirby's 1970s Return to Marvel, ranked. And this comes from... His 13thdimension.com website. This thing is absolutely brilliant. And I am a frequent visitor over to that website for knowledge. So, Dan writes, One wonders if the king of comics had caught his Japanese counterpart, god of manga, Tezuka's Astro Boy on TV, in the 60s. Because the premise is the same. A human inventor raises his robot son like a person. In Kirby's version, all the other X-Series robots go destroy all humans, so have to be terminated. After his surrogate father dies, Machine Man finds himself on the run from the U.S. military. Almost a fugitive kind of scenario, if you're familiar with that TV series and subsequent film with Harrison Ford. Similarities here are undeniable, although very different characters in personality and mission. Thus, 
and this is, again, what Dan Greenfield speculates, begs the question, was Kirby influenced by manga anime, and in particular, Asu Tezuka's Astro Boy? And that is a brilliant question to ask. I think this thread that in comics and then leading into animation and the popularity of the series, undeniably, Tezuka had a profound influence on the entire comic book and animation community at the time in which Astro Boy came out. I can't help but feel that Jack Kirby was inspired by Tezuka. I in no way, shape, or form feel that Machine Man is a derivative of Astro Boy. Machine Man is quite different. However, if you combine Machine Man and Astro Boy together, you have essential elements of Battle Angel Alita. So these foundational elements would resonate with future generations of creatives and thus lead to an interesting reincarnation or variation on the theme of these stories which have been entertaining readers for decades. So now let's head over to a little creative chatter about our writers and artists. Whoever is this artist and this writer, I must meet them. First up, Azumo Tezuka. Azumo Tezuka was born in the city of Toyonaka in Osaka, Japan on November 3, 1928. He graduated from the medical department of Osaka University and was later awarded a doctorate of medicine. In 1946, Tezuka made his debut as a manga artist with the work Ma-chan's Diary, and in 1947, he had his first big hit with New Treasure Island. In over 40 years as a cartoonist, Tezuka produced in excess of an astounding 150,000 pages of manga, including the creation of Metropolis, Mighty Adam, otherwise known as Astro Boy, Jungle Emperor, Blackjack, Phoenix, Buddha, and many more. He would later go on to founding his own animation house, and you could go on and on and on about this very important icon in both cartooning, comics, animation, manga, anime, you name it. He is foundational. So let's now turn our attention to Yukito Kishiro. Yukito Kishiro studied at the Art Institute of his birth city, Tokyo and then focused on a career as a mangaka. From 1985 to 1988, he created series like Kikai and Kaikoshi. In 1990, he created his well-known apocalyptic cyborg series, Gunnam, Battle Angel Alita, published by Shueisha. The first run of the series ran until 1995. Kishiro restarted it in 1997, and in 2000, he launched the spin-off Cyborg Last Order, dealing with Gunnam's main character's origin in Ultra Jump. In 1997, Shueisha published Hito, a collection of Kishiro's earliest work. Yukito Kishiro's work is categorized by its extreme violence and apocalyptic sequences, but still contains a lot of humor and emotion. And that is indeed true and what my experience was like reading Battle Angel Alita. Now, let's head into a little comics archaeology. I say that, good man. What shoes have you found there? Comics Archaeology. 
the link between manga and anime and how Astro Boy cemented that relationship in the industry for decades that followed is truly our focus and our main gem here in comics archaeology. Manga published and soon to follow would be anime TV programs. And Astro Boy laid that foundation, first being a runaway hit, massive Japanese manga hit. And then the amazing popularity of Astro Boy once Astro Boy hit the television airwaves here in America is undeniable. That would lay the groundwork for future anime to come to America and become very popular. For instance, my favorite growing up was G-Force and Star Blazers, otherwise known as Space Battleship Yamato. So had it not been for Astro Boy's runaway success as a manga, and then subsequent shift in movement into animation as Tezuka was trying the best he could to emulate his hero, Walt Disney, that would be the fruits of the labor that then would lead to an entire industry being born in Japan of manga leading then into animation or anime. And today, it has never been more popular in North America than right now. And we have Tezuka to thank for that. And had Tezuka not laid down that groundwork, I am not so sure that we would have had Jack Kirby's Machine Man, because I am certain that the King of Comics was inspired by Tezuka's work, nor would we have had Yukito Kishiro's cyberpunk manga series, Battle Angel Lita, and then subsequent anime, and then subsequent live-action film. So truly, this family tree of inspiration by Tezuka is an amazing accomplishment and continues today. So now, let's head over to our literary aisle to discuss Astro Boy and Battle Angel Alita. Our land hole. There's our literary aisle. All right. Now, on our literary aisle, there were several stories in Astro Boy, ranging from the 50s to the 70s. The first story we had, The Birth of Astro Boy, was an origin story. It was very whimsical and bizarre at times. There were actual machine guns that were coming out of his rear end. <laughs> it was just gonzo at some points, but a very, very entertaining origin story. The second was called The Hot Dog Core. This was a manga version of Tezuka's intro story. And he said how this tale was originally banned from being done in the Astro Boy anime by Western TV producers because it was thought to be too disturbing for children. If there's one thing that is a signature of Japanese manga, they tend to take things a little further than what the censor audience over here in America is willing to put on the airwaves. And indeed, some of the violence in this, what would appear to be a kid's character, had to be toned down for Western audiences. This story was a very weird blend of sci-fi, fantasy, and medical. Obviously, you have Tezuka with a medical degree, and he is really showing his doctor's background within the story. It's very epic in length. It begins with a pet dog belonging to Astro Boy's teacher being kidnapped. Astro Boy decides to find him and encounters an army of robots, and they're designed to sabotage 
Japan's rockets. The link between these robots and the kidnapped dog was apparently too upsetting in that original cartoon, and this story was based, be shown, and actually banned in the USA at the time, but it's logically and interestingly told with lots of interstellar action, robot fights, and even a moon exploration. And it has a happy ending, which would, you would think, appease both adults and children here. Now, the third story is called Plant People. Astro Boy encounters robots and wants to steal the Earth's water. It's a short tale, uh, kind of a classic twist. Ending, been uh, writing forever. Science fiction writers have used this one. A kind of an eco story. It's very simple and to the point. Our fourth story in this collection was His Highness Dead Cross. It's an epic 100-pager opening with an intro from Tezuka musing on violence, which is the theme in this story. Astro Boy travels to another country to protect the first robot to be elected president against humans who want to destroy him. There's lots of philosophy and moral dilemmas along with villainous scientists and a futuristic gadgetry. Now, this story in particular reeked of Machine Man. And I saw so many story thread elements here from His Highness Dead Cross in Machine Man. And I really feel that Jack Kirby's creation is a natural extension coming out of this story. As we mentioned, there's a lot of philosophy and moral dilemmas that happen. A lot of what's in Machine Man deals with a lot of moral dilemmas. How many rights does Machine Man have? Is he to be treated as a human because he has been able to learn, bring on emotion, and, and operate? And a lot of these same questions are being asked here by Tezuka. There's villainous scientists involved. Again, very similar to what we see over on Machine Man. And... Tezuka's storytelling is very strong here. There's full of incidents, a lot of cliffhangers in between chapters within this larger story. He manages to inject quite a lot of emotion, especially through the visual storytelling. That is the massive strength in this one. Even though the plots can be completely bizarre at times, Astro Boy itself is definitely a blend of heroic determination and righteous innocence that can really make you care about what happens to him, which I... From that standpoint, Tezuka's a master. Our fifth story is called The Third Magician. That's a robot magician named Kino who turns to a thief, and citizens are angry with dangerous robots who want to change the laws to ban them from being autonomous. Hmm, does this sound familiar? That whole congressional panel that are trying to ban the X-Series and Machine Man and take away rights? Yep, here we go. 1962, Third Magician, Tezuka. What... The question being asked here is, but can there be a reason why a good robot would suddenly turn bad? And that's another question here. You had all those previous X-Factories and Machine Man that were out there to destroy out humans, yet the Aaron Stack character of X-51 didn't do that because he was reared by his human father, his inventor. Finally, our sixth story within this Astro Boy home. It's called White Planet, and a race car with a robot brain. After a rival team destroys it, the professor intervenes to repair it with Astro Boy's help. The racing scenes are very much paced in a Speed Racer style. I definitely see where Speed Racer was coming from. Perhaps this was an influence, an inspiration for that Speed Racer series. And there's another characteristic Tezuka does here, a twist to the ending of the story, which is so casually dealt with, it ends up being quite disturbing. And I don't want to reveal that one. I really want you to read White Planet for yourself. So that gives you an overview, not too deep of a dive, but at least an overview here of this Astro Boy volume that we read back in September of 2020. 
Now let's turn our attention to the story of Battle Angel Lita, Volume 1. While inspecting through the numerous trash heaps located throughout the scrapyard for parts, a cyber physician named Daisuke Ito discovers the head and torso of a young female cyborg. He takes her back to his clinic and revives her. He proceeds to assemble a body for her with the spare parts and gives her the name Alita. One night, as he hunts targets down as part of his second job as a hunter-warrior, Alita tags along and Ito discovers she knows the ancient martial art of Panzer Kunst. After learning that Ito is a hunter-warrior, Alita decides to become one as well, in part due to her combat prowess and desire to fight. While this is going on, several people have been attacked by a bounty known as Makaku, eating their brains to give him adrenaline. Alita tracks him down with Ito and challenges him as her first bounty. Laughing at this, Makaku is surprised when Alita effortlessly tears apart one of his arms with a well-placed kick. Vowing revenge, Makaku sheds Alita's body apart and shoots a spear into Ito's side before retreating. Ito barely is able to get to a phone and calls Ganzu to get them both. After being brought back to his clinic, Ito is patched up and saved by his friend. Having vowed to get Alita a stronger body, he decides to take Ganzu and an unconscious Alita down below into his storage room. There, he unlocks a powerful body he discovered years ago, the Berserker body. He instructs Ganzu in the operation and Alita awakens sometime later. She tests the body out, and it proves to have been a massive success. As Ito and Ganzu sleep, Alita practices some more and vows to track down Makaku and take him down no matter what. After Makaku manages to take the body of a Coliseum champion, Kunuba, he returns to Bar, Kansas and abducts Koyomi, destroying the bar and taunting Alita to come after him. They soon fight in the sewers, and Alita gets Koyomi to safety thanks to Duke Fang. She then engages with Mokaku and gets the upper hand after destroying both arms with plasma. In a last-ditch effort, Mokaku wraps his body around Alita, tries to trigger an explosion due to his tail getting damaged in the attack. Alita narrowly manages to generate a ball of plasma and encases both of them and are protected from the blast. After learning about Makaku's past, Alita accepts the former's request to die and observes him getting incinerated. And that's how we leave this volume of Battle Angel Alita. So let's delve into the art a bit here, do a little compare and contrast. In Astro Boy, there is no doubt about the Walt Disney influence there. We talked about Silly Symphony, talked about Tezuka being influenced by Disney's larger eyes on the characters, and of course Tezuka takes us to new heights, new extreme, and really sets the mark for what future anime would become from a stylistic perspective. Steamboat Willie... The black and white artwork just screams early Disney. The big eyes setting that tone. The medicine, science, religion, war, man, machine as visual themes are all on display in this book. It is both visually bizarre yet thought-provoking at the same time. Everything from various guns coming out of different body parts to the, there will see some religious symbols in there. You will see medicine being practiced in here. War, I mean, just some brutal scenes here with an Astro Boy. But it all comes with 
a message and a lesson a lot of the time in Tezuka's storytelling. Visually stunning, set the foundation, really put manga and anime on the map. Now, on to Battle Angel Lita. The influences of Battle Angel Lita were undeniable. Again, black and white artwork. There are some color pages in here. I don't know if they were just to initially grab readers, whether they were towards the beginning of the books in order to draw them in because the color would pop. But these black and white artwork and the more modern stylings here are fantastic. The attention to detail is light years ahead of what Astro Boy was. Astro Boy is downright primitive compared to the detail that is in Battle Angel Alita. I have no doubt that Kishiro was absolutely influenced by Tezuka and in some instances pays reverence to Tezuka in sticking with this theme of inventor child but puts the twist on it instead of a boy it's a girl it's a more updated cyberpunk setting the amount of pictures that are placed within panels and it's a lot of freeform panels here and does not adhere to that traditional construct that Tezuka laid down. But I think that Kishiro was also influenced by Western artists. Yes, he's following in the manga and anime tradition. However, he definitely latched onto some of the big action that was present in many Kirby comics. When you see a Jack Kirby big action comic, whether that be the groundbreaking work that he did with Joe Simon on Captain America, or the Silver Age, Marvel Age, of the Avengers of the Fantastic Four, of X-Men, it just is no doubt in my mind that Kishiro had to have been influenced by Kirby and some of those big action Western comics artists. The level of detail, the black and white pen and ink, and there are, like I said, some of these color panels are just exquisite. It's really incredible art to behold and an absolute joy to have read. The strength in both of these writer-artists resides in the visuals. The visuals in manga are most important. Now, there's a whole school within Western comics, particularly superhero comics creators, who will say, well, wait a second, that's the same here for Western comics. It's the visuals that draw on the reader. Yes, however, in the more modern age, we have had some incredible writers come into comics and make a name for themselves based on both story arc and incredible dialogue. The priority over in manga is that visual storytelling and developing that visual storytelling arc. From that perspective of a visual storytelling arc, both Tezuka and Kishiro are masters of their craft. And of course, Jack Kirby, being the king of comics, was also a master of his craft. Jack's dialogue compared to his art was not of the same level because his art was just so vastly superior. But story arcs that Jack did were on that same level, just masterful. And when you begin to tie together 
the lineage that is Astro Boy, that is Machine Man, and finally, Battle Angel Alita. No doubt that there is a common thread, actually several common threads, and more importantly, all belonging to the same trunk of a family tree here, that comic books would then be inspired by, creatives would be inspired by, and would branch out and find new stories from. And all three of these are linked to that same trunk and each developed their own creative branch. And with that, kids, we hope that you will find the time to read both Astro Boy and Battle Angel Alita. And if you hadn't read Machine Man yet during our review last year, pick that one up too. Because all three of these works by these masters of their craft are amazing to take in and begin a really spirited compare contrast of these works that have so many similar themes. Kids, exactly. Exactly. 